Welcome to another episode of Botox and Burpees. I'm Dr. Sam Ree, plastic surgeon and CrossFit coach, host of this podcast where we talk about plastic surgery, CrossFit, and everything in between. You can find more information at our website, BotoxandBurpees.com, and make sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. Today's episode is again with David Sybertson, owner and coach at My Box CrossFit Bison in Midland Park, New Jersey. We discuss the roles coaches play in CrossFit and different coaching styles. Coaches are much more than people who play music and start the workout. They should be an integral part of your workout experience. We discuss why we sometimes connect better with some coaches than others, and how coaches themselves think about how best to work with athletes too. What we're gonna talk about next is different coaching styles or getting along with your coach. And this is not about good coaches or bad coaches. This is about people mesh with different coaches, different coaching styles people mention. Because coaches, some people think coaches are just, they go, make you go through the warm up, they turn on some music, like I like my coach because they play this kind of uh, <laughs> rap mix, yep. and then they start the clock and maybe they encourage us. But there's actually a lot more, obviously, to coaching than that. And so I wanted to talk about how people can react to different coaching styles, what different coaching styles are, and how that can impact your workout on a daily basis. Yeah, you can go several different directions there because you have, in our experience alone, which is still, I could say, combine us two, it's still limited in terms of the whole spectrum, the whole world of CrossFit. There are so many different people that coach, personalities that coach, experience levels that coach, you just go into so many different angles of this, so this should be a good one. Okay, so I pull a lot of my coaching thoughts from Ben Bergeron, yep. and he has a lot of very good tips yep. in his podcast and what he talks about. I think one of the first things, let's start with the baseline of what a good coach should be, and he thinks, and I think I agree with him, that at minimum, a good coach should educate they should entertain, they should not be boring, and they should inspire. Now that being said, you can break down those into different categories, yep. and everyone has their different personality styles. Like mm -hmm. for example, and he uses an example like Bill Belichick, great coach, personality might be a little dull, a little, but, yeah. but, but he is obviously someone who inspires. He must be entertaining on some level, and, and he obviously is educating. So let's talk about this. There are three stereotypes that I read in an article from CrossFit Drive, and they break down stereotypes of coaches into three. They say you can have the scientist coach, the cheerleader coach, and the perfectionist coach. And let's start with the science. It's funny, as, as you say that, I, like, I have like different faces that pop in my head. <laughs> I know, it's we all funny, yeah, it's true. Right. I mean, and it's and we all f fall into these stereotypes yep. to a certain degree. Absolutely. So the scientist coach would be the one that has a lot of knowledge, has a, a big wealth of experience. Maybe they have some difficulty communicating it. Maybe they're using some really big words and they're not just being as direct about certain things. Yeah, I mean, I, I think those kinds of coaches excel with like really small groups maybe even like personal training type where it, it really comes down to just the communication with one-on-one, two-on-one, -on -one, where you can spend time talking about muscle groups, stimulus, energy systems where, hey, your, your client really wants to hear about that because it's going to help them. You have all this wealth of knowledge that can really help that person out where maybe in a group setting, if you take, say, our morning classes here, the big classes, half of them don't want that. It's not, they don't care about it. They just want to come work out, go home. Mm. And I think though, I've always found 
I don't want to call them the smarter, but I would say more book smart coaches where like they really can get into the science behind everything. Mm-hmm. I've found in my experience that they're best off with a really small group, like a special a group that w- is specifically going to sign up for that, mm-hmm. whether it's like a specialty class. Like I, I consider Coach Dallas like that when he does uh, the barbell classes here, Olympic lifting classes, he's a little bit more scientific with his approach. But the people that come to that class, they know that and they want that. Where if he's here in front of a 5 a.m. class and it's a snatch day, I don't think most of those people are really going to care too much about quick twitch muscle fiber. Quick twitch muscle fibers. Right. I really feel like the 5 and 6 a.m. classes are, they remind me of the stereotype of a, a very experienced herd of horses or sheep or something like. Mm. They know where they want to go. Yep. You can, all you have to do is sort of say giddy up a little bit mm-hmm. and they'll just go. Yep. You can't really do too much at five or 6 a.m. in the morning and right. I'm a 6 a.m. Right. and I know. We, most of us are fairly experienced at that level and even the ones that are new, like they, they fit in pretty quick. There's yeah. some 5 a.m. and 6 a.m.ers that are pretty good with it. I think that's a culture thing at a lot of gyms. It, like the morning crew is, I would say, the most consistent, not because they're more dedicated, it's just their bodies wake up now at 3, 4 a.m. And what are you going to do at that time? And a lot of them have no other option later in the day. Mm-hmm. So it's just a more consistent flow mm-hmm. day after day at the gym. Mm-hmm. And that is simply why you just see basically the same faces at 5 a.m., at 6 a.m., at 7 a.m., give or take day when these guys take a day off. Mm-hmm. And that they are, you're right. They're more experienced and they're more in their flow. They want to work out in the same spot usually. Mm-hmm. And... I do think they're a little bit more less scientific or less wanting to hear mm-hmm. about that kind of stuff from a coach. Right. I think as when I come in for 6 a.m., especially if I'm a little tired, I want a, I want someone who can give me a good warm-up as a coach. Yep. Not take too long, but mm-hmm. just get me nice balance. I don't really care about the music so much, and if they can give me one decent tip, I'm good with that for the yep. day. And, yeah, and, and whether it's in the warm-up or during the workout. Right. Yep. Yeah. All right. So then the next type or stereotype of coach that they mention is cheerleader. Mm. The high energy, really rah-rah, get you going, inspire yep. you, are maybe not the most teaching mm. yep. coach. Yeah, and those are important too. It's funny, like you, the first thing you said here is there's no good or bad what we're talking about. We're talking about different kinds of coaches. Right. I would actually say, and the cheerleader, it almost seems like it's almost an insult, but at the end of the day, there are a lot of people in this gym that need that. And if they don't get it, they're not going to have a good experience. They'll stay home. They mm-hmm. won't come back. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people, <laughs> they care less about how well they're moving, what weight they're moving. And if someone looks at them, gives them attention and claps their hands. And I don't want to dumb it down because it is important. And I think as a coach, everyone needs to have a little bit of that in mm-hmm. them. You can never not be a cheer. Like you can't just be like, no, I'm too rigid. I'm never going to cheer for someone. That's a bad way to approach coaching because mm-hmm. you do need to give positive reinforcement to something that's really difficult, right? Mm-hmm. So that that is probably i would say the most common kind of coach or the most common trait you'll see in coaches because it's easy and you can fake it mm-hmm. and it, it's something that can be used multiple times per class and throughout the entire class warm up workout post workout mm-hmm. even at 6am i still i don't want it to be i don't want my coach to be silent yeah. I, I want someone at the right time right. to to give me that push yeah. and sometimes I, that can mean the difference between just 
collapsing for the last minute or two and yep. falling apart or pushing a little bit. And, Absolutely. And feeling good about myself after the workout. I've said, confidence is huge. And I think confidence sometimes gets misconstrued as like someone being too cocky or too, too confident. Like I'd rather deal with someone that's too confident, honestly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than someone that can never be confident enough. And you can build confidence with people by being a cheerleader, mm-hmm. by finding something small in a lift, like getting your elbows a little bit higher or catching the bar a little bit higher in your front rack, mm-hmm. the timing of a kip on a pull-up, keeping your feet together, all these little things mm-hmm. that a lot of experienced CrossFitters are just like, they hear it so many times, they're like, oh my, shut up. Like, I don't want to hear about my elbows anymore. Mm-hmm. But when you give someone mm-hmm. a little bit of positive reinforcement, it makes them more confident, all right? And when they have more confidence, they simply, they hesitate less, right? When they hesitate less, that's when they start to see what they can actually do with their body performance-wise. I so mm-hmm. that, that's, it's vital to at least give positive reinforcement to someone at any given point. Absolutely. I think... The good coaches, and I see you do it, you go macro-micro, which yeah. is what Bergeron talks about Absolutely. too. You give the big class encouragement, yep. and then you will also focus. And although when it's me, I always feel like it's when I'm sli- when yeah. I feel like I'm slacking <laughs> and you're like whipping I mean, me along a little yeah. bit more here. I mean, I was going to maybe talk about the, at the end of this conversation, but I could say it now is I think as a coach, you do, especially if you're coaching the same people week after week, month after month, year after year, I've coached you for years now. You need to know when to be positive with them and you need to know when to you know, be a dick, for lack of a better term. And, uh, and that's just like reading the situation, knowing yeah. someone's personality. Yeah. And, but you're right in that it is macro level. Yell out, great, God, great job, guys, let's go, blah, blah, blah. But I do try to make it a point, I've done this always, is I try to get to everyone at some point in the class and give that person's name a shout. Right. Like every class for the past eight years. And... Sometimes there's people in this gym that they're like, man, like, I, could you give me some tips? I'm like, dude, you're doing everything right now. Like, it, it's hard to really break you down, especially in the middle of a while. Like, mm-hmm. it's easier to sit down at home and mm-hmm. text you, write, write you an email or something like this, or write you a message about, all right, we can work on this and this. Mm-hmm. I do think that it's important to get everyone in the class. Look, just so that person knows they're being watched and they're being supported. And hey, if they're doing a good job, I'm going to give you credit for it. And then the last type that they sort of stereotype coaches into is the perfectionist. <laughs> so this is the one that spends 20 minutes with the PVC pipe, breaking down the snatch yep. beforehand, really long warm-up, it's just very tedious. Yep. And yeah, that's, that is, it's funny, sometimes I'll catch myself doing that. Like there, there was a class last week, there was four people in the class and I talked about the kip on the bar muscle for six minutes. I was like, what am I doing? I just got so into the concept and it seemed like they're all listening and honed in you get like the head nod like all right they're listening right sometimes that if you have an athlete that's really looking there to like really progress and they're actually there for the genuine reason of i want to get better i want to get in better shape they should like that time they should appreciate that time because especially if it's a coach that you respect and that they know what they're talking about there are these little things that they can say show you do that it works for you but the other three minutes of that conversation, it might have been more tailored to the other people in the class. So you really have to hone in and focus for the entire talk, and then you will get something out of it. So the perfectionist coach, it's hard in a group setting. If you have six to seven to, if not more people, you're trying to say something that applies to everyone. Like I'll say this, one of the toughest classes I still have to coach now is when it's big, early in the morning, and I know I have two new people in that class. It's really tough because they don't know what a thruster is. And I'm talking, and I get up there, start 
verbally talking about keeping all of your fingers on the thruster so at the top your pinky isn't floating in the air. And they're like, that person's like, wait, what's the thruster again? So you have to spend time talking to the people in class that have been there for five years and they know what a thruster is. They probably could do the workout without your warm up. They could probably get out of here five minutes earlier if you just shut up about keeping your pinky on the bar. But that person on the right needs a reminder of what a thruster is. And you're trying to teach the same person at the same time. And so like that, that perfectionist in you is I'm trying to be perfect for those people on the left and those people on the right. And you could say it's an impossible battle to take on. But it, that's, that would be my nightmare is, yeah. and, I, and you, a, a couple of the coaches here do a, a, an amazing job of being able to quickly move to the beginner, get right. them set up, move right. out, yep. move in, move out. That's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. That's really, I think that's one of the most just not thought about things from like someone from the outsider's perspective of how difficult that is. If there's five people in class, it's easy. But think about a Saturday here, mm-hmm. your partner wad, mm-hmm. especially with what's going on right now, mm-hmm. everything's so restricted and spacing and equipment. Mm-hmm. If you have a new person on a Saturday, it's, <laughs> I'm never going to tell them not to come. I right, want right. them to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think those days are probably the, some of the most intense days here and the days you could really learn about yourself as an athlete. But it's really tough to coach when you have new people in a big class like that. It really is. Maybe it's because I have some inkling of being a coach. But when I hear a lot of athletes complain about this, I I like this coach versus that coach. (laughs) This coach is boring. This coach is blah, blah, blah. I don't ever hear this coach say anything. Mm -hmm. Or Yeah. I have less tolerance in some level for that because... Because I think that, in generally speaking, most of the coaches at Bison that in our, in our gym mm-hmm. here in Midland Park I actually do a pretty, you know, goddamn good job, honestly. I, I can say this with, I put my hand on the Bible and say this, I, I think every single one of our coaches does a good job here. Yeah. Every single one. But there are several different personalities yeah. and styles of coaching that you may prefer, I may prefer. Like, I know for a fact that there's people that prefer... Liz is coaching over mine, 100%. And I don't get offended by it. Mm-hmm. And just like when I was an athlete at Hoboken, I preferred a few coaches, you know, that we had a couple guys that coached in the morning that were like deadbeats. Like they're so quiet, like mm-hmm. what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. But I still respected their mm-hmm. classes a lot mm-hmm. because they were good at what they did. They just mm-hmm. a different style. And who am I to say, good coach, bad coach, right. you know? I've heard a couple of people say that I prefer Liz over you. Yeah. <laughs> I won't tell you. I, I prefer Liz over me. But. No, but, but I will say this, and I will also ask people in general to give coaches ch- a chance. Right, yeah. And I will tell you, for example, me personally. Yep. When Mike Delatour came, yep. his coaching style is a little different yes. than anyone else's. Yep. And it wasn't that I liked or disliked it. It was honestly different mm-hmm. at 6 a.m. And... I grew at see him now at 6 a.m. at least two to three times a week. I really like Mike's coaching. Yeah, no, a he's, lot. his classes are great. A lot. Yeah. And I think, I don't want to say it's an acquired taste, but I think for a lot of coaches, people don't give him a chance. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe you, if you try to really get the most out of it, mm-hmm. instead of, oh my God, what is this music? Yeah. And, <laughs> and why is this warm up so long? Yeah. And just like really buy into it yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. I think, I think people would find value in that. I just think you, at the end of the day, you, you have to trust. You have to trust us. And if you're not sure about a coach, I think you need to know, if you're a Bison member, that if, if someone is coaching here, we have vetted them. Like they, they, We know that they're going to do a good job. It might not be the style you want every day, 
but trust me, trust us, they're going to do a good job. And, and if you don't trust care. us, you they know, care. Yeah, they care. I, I know every coach here really cares Absolutely. about the job they do. Yep. When they get feedback, positive and negative, it mm -hmm. impacts them greatly. Yep. Everyone. Yep. And they want to do a better job. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, no one's perfect. No. So obviously as coaches will make mistakes, maybe the co the class won't go as, as smoothly as we would have liked. Mm -hmm. Maybe we didn't do everything the way we should have, but and that's that comes on the coach too. Like we shouldn't only talk as athletes need to give them a chance. The coaches need to hold themselves to a standard that never wavers, right? Like when you first start coaching, you're nervous. Like I need to draw out this pace for this warm up. This needs to do that. I want to be the best pull up teacher ever. Like right. I'm going to go watch my YouTube videos. I think those coaches, if you coach for a long time, like you still have to be doing that. Like you have to self-educate. You have mm -hmm. to refine. You need to break yourself down mm -hmm. and say, all right, that, that did not go as planned. Like that warm up was not good. It, this took too long. Right. I didn't have an. I didn't keep track of how many rollers we have here, and I just lost track of it. Like right. these little, or I did not spend enough time mobilizing the overhead today. And I think that's a sign of a good coach. If a coach can tell me what they did wrong or what they need to work on, right. that's a good sign. And I feel like when I'm uh, as an athlete doing a workout, I'm very focused on the movements that I need to do that day, how am I gonna get through it, what are my points of performance for that day, right. and then if I can pull something from the coach, then that's great. If they're giving me guidance on pacing or mm -hmm. elbows or some something specific, I will always try to pull that into what I, because everyone comes into the workout and. I'm nervous, I'm a little bit nervous for every oh, yeah. workout. Yeah. Am I gonna be able, like, even if it's an easy one, can I crush it? Yeah. If it's a hard one, it's, oh, I don't wanna do this one. Like, I always say that's a sign that you care, especially in the open. It's like, people are like, why am I so nervous right now? Like, why is my stomach in knots? Why do I have to always go to the bathroom? And I'm like, honestly, I think you should be happy about that because it means you care. Yeah. If, if you don't have a heartbeat and you're just like some deadbeat here that just comes in and just walk through the motions, you never get nervous, that's a sign that you just don't care that much. Absolutely, and I think most athletes here, the fact that they agonize over the yeah. workouts yeah. means they really care. Absolutely. And, yeah. and the coach can be big, a big part of that too. Mm -hmm. They also, there was another article that sort of broke the some of these stereotypes down, and these I don't think necessarily applied so much to people that I know at Bison Coach Wise, but maybe I've seen them at other boxes. In the cheerleader subtype, there's uh, the beautiful dandy, which is the coach that strips the shirt off, who looks really good, and the leotards or the tight, <laughs> yeah. noble, whatever. It looks like the model. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. And, and they'll be like, oh, I, I did the wide this morning, I did it in two minutes, and <laughs> you guys, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Or the one that's like super funny or super entertaining all the time. Yep. Like, I've seen those types of coaches. Yep. Does that bother you if you go um, to a box? I'll say this. Today? The first one you were talking about, like the good looking, the ripped, the shredded, they have all the apparel. I've always found that those are often like the best athletes that just got asked to coach. Like they, hey, you're really good at CrossFit. You're a monster. How about you coach? And I've always found like that could be a colossal mistake that just because someone's a good athlete does not mean they're going to end up being a good coach. There was a member from here that dropped in at a gym up in uh, New England and not Ben Bergeron, don't worry. <laughs> okay. And But he was coached by a celebrity athlete, like hundreds of thousands of followers. And basically she was, all right, guys, this is the workout. Go warm up. We start in 15 minutes. It was like a really, no, hey, this is our drop-in. You know, hey, what's your experience with CrossFit? Do you have any injuries? It's just, hey, oh, okay, cool. Did you sign a waiver? Cool. Here's the workout. Here's the warm-up. And then during the warm-up, she went in and st stood in a doorway talking to somebody else while she ate her lunch. 
And then, all right, guys, ready? Three, two, one, go. And like, that is someone, and like, looks like a million bucks, right? right? Amazing athlete. Right. And that is someone that is basically just saying, okay, I just want to train and I need someone to pay me, pay some of my bills. Right, so, right, and right. that's not a coach to me. Um, the entertainer, I get it. You do need to be somewhat entertaining and you don't need to be funny. You don't need to have a witty personality. But by entertaining, is you got to make sure the room is not always falling asleep when you coach. So, I think there are some people that feel that is their main priority. And I'll tell you what, on some days, depending on the workout and also depending on the crowd, that is. That can be the most important part. Right, getting you know, them up. If we had a workout tomorrow, 300 burpees for time, <laughs> like it is. I've actually never programmed that. And I also think that I think that is a quality workout. I really do. But nobody would be excited to come in and do it. Maybe Jed. But he, <laughs> he, that's a day where, like, all right, you might have to try to put some effort into throw the entertainment factor in there a right. little bit because. Right. There's not much technician you can do. There's right. you know, maybe some cheerleading you can do, but you have to maybe try to loosen up the room a little bit because you're going to have people come in the morning that don't want to do it. You so. programmed stuff like that. Not that, but certain things. Yeah. You just hit it. You, yeah. you try to hide it to the less. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then there are stereotypes, and I don't think I've ever seen a whole lot. I think it just falls under the scientist category with the grumpy expert who just doesn't really say a whole lot, mostly criticism sometimes, like rarely gives out compliments. Yeah, like someone that's, I, I feel like that's someone that's like on, on the way out almost, yeah, like they're kind of burned out. out. Yeah, it's yeah. just, because it's tough. Like this job, like coaching, there are days, I still have them right now, where like these little things annoy you, and not to the point where oh, I'm burned out, but there are days where I probably do come across as grumpy. And hey, if you coach every day, you're a human being, there's gonna be days where there's stuff going on in your life, where not everyone has a job where you're in front of 75 people a day, mm-hmm that you want, that need to like, li- are going to listen to you, work out to you. It, it's tough to always come across as happy and chipper if you have something going on right. behind the scenes. But there are some coaches that are just always pissed off. And I think that's what that stereotype is. And that I think that's more of a sign that they've lost touch with what CrossFit is, mm-hmm. just the positivity that surrounds it, even if you think it's fake. Mm-hmm. I think CrossFit has made a huge killing on trying to just be a, a positive environment in a world that, especially right now, it just seems like nothing is going on that's positive. So if this could be the one hour a day that you can rely on, I think it's the coach's job. Like you're gonna have to suck it up sometimes and not always be that jerk, even if you are getting burned out, if you're in a bad mood, so. I suspect teachers probably empathize a lot with 100%. (laughs) I think teachers, they've been put through the ringer this year. And I definitely empathize with what they're going through because they definitely had a hard time with what they've had to deal with. The last two, there are a couple I'm gonna, go right to um, the one who challenges, like the determined competitor. So it's the coach that is always, is this really your PR? Yeah. You could go heavier. You could try. Should you go scale RX? Go RX. Just yeah. go, go max effort on yeah. it. You need to know if you're going to be that kind of coach, you better be. That's all I'm going to say. Like you bet you need to know the people like that. We've had members do that before where like they want to coach. That should be another topic. The member that thinks of the coach (laughs) (laughs) that they're the ones telling other people to go heavy. And I cringe when I hear sometimes because I want to say you don't know what that person's reaction was after the previous lift. You didn't watch them walk after the previous lift. You didn't watch them the last time they tried this PR lift, what happened to them the next day. Like you really need to be really fully aware if you want to be like that challenger coach. There are There is a time and place where I think you can get after a little bit harder and be more aggressive with your coaching and tell someone to go get it, but it should never be at the expense of that person's safety. And I think that's where a lot of coaches, they're just too adrenaline based 
that they just, it's the only thing they can think of to say. Go heavier, go mm -hmm. for it. Just make sure that that person really well as an athlete. And if you don't, err on the side of not doing that. Right. You know? I feel that that way, there are different levels of coaching. Yeah. Bergeron has uh, talked about phases. I will say that you're right, unless your athletes really well, I'll often, when I was coaching more pre-COVID lately, I have not been as much, but yep. if I didn't know the athletes, and they will actually be, most of the people that I was, uh, athletes I was coaching would be like, you know what, I'm gonna scale this to this, is that okay? And I would always be, oh, unless it sounded unreasonable, I'd say, okay. Mm -hmm. And then I would try to watch them to see where they were. And sometimes they would finish probably a little faster than the intended stimulus yeah. or they didn't really challenge as much. And then I would say, okay, now yeah. where you were today. And now you know them right. as an athlete. And I would also say, so now you knew where you were today, you can go the next time to blah. Yep. So whoever's coaching them then, they would be able to self, um, yeah. sort of self-guide themselves into that. That And uh, yeah, self-guide them. And also I think like a sign of a good coach is they can take these mental notes on people. Like it's almost like a photographic memory. Like yeah. we had a new girl in here the other day on Saturday and I could tell she's gonna be a very good athlete if she sticks with this. She's gonna crush it. Yeah, I think I know But that. I had never seen her work out before. So we're trying to figure out like what weights to do and she's mm -hmm. gonna get to that barbell really tired. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, she's I can do this. I'm like, let's do this weight this time. Mm -hmm. And she was right. She probably could have went heavier. But I was like, I'm gonna err on the side of caution when I, while I'm really trying to get you to know you as a, but now I have these mental notes right. that the next time I see you, all right, I know exactly what we can do. You have a crazy ability to do that. I, think. I have a good memory with that kind of stuff. Yeah. I can't, there's a lot of stuff that my wife wants to kill me on, the stuff, <laughs> stuff that I can't remember to put away. <laughs> I, do, I do have a memory here, like I can remember a lot yeah. with what athletes, and not touting myself, I'm saying that's a sign of a coach that can really immerse themselves into it. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. easy for me to do that. It's yeah. my career, I don't have, yeah. this is not a side job for me. This is my career, right. and I put everything I have into it, so I better be able to do that. If I can't, right. then I shouldn't be doing this. Well, that's the difference between a pro and a non-pro, is that you you have that crazy, that scary ability. You haven't seen me sometimes lift in a long time, and you're like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, right. definitely help out the, guiding the weights and just the stimulus. Yeah, yeah. You can get every episode of Botox and Burpees wherever you listen to podcasts or go to BotoxandBurpees.com. Thanks for listening.